A warm welcome back, and uh, I'm talking to Daniel Boswell. He's a 10-year-old finance and mar markets guru, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be a name that we will see uh, on digital magazines uh, and uh, in the newspapers into the future. And we've been talking about all things relating to investment, crypto, and uh, first of all, uh, Daniel, you know, you spoke about crypto. Yeah. But there's also this thing called NFTs. Yes. Yeah, right. So to somebody who doesn't understand NFT, how would you explain that to them? So an NFT is digital art. And so I believe for most NFT websites, you have to buy, you buy it with a cryptocurrency called mm. Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So... So Ethereum is the second, um, mo the second crypto yeah. on the market. Yeah, after Bitcoin. After Bitcoin. Right. So let me not get that correct. Okay. So, so NFTs are digital art right. that you buy ownership of with a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Okay. So um, do you have NFTs? I do not have NFTs. Okay, is that a t conscious choice or you just don't know how to buy it? Conscious choice, I uh, have a basic understanding of the NFT market, but it's a very risky game in my also, opinion. Yeah, also risky. Let's just move, uh, change uh, subject now and talk about entrepreneurship. You know, what do you think about people who start their own businesses? Do you think they because they also that's high risk. Do you yeah. think they're stupid to start their own businesses? Do you think entrepreneurship is a, a good thing or a bad thing? It's definitely a good thing because it creates it without it entrepreneurship there, there's no economy. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship grows the economy and so my opinion when it comes to if you're stupid or or you're not stupid when if you are an entrepreneur mm. there's there's n you cannot be stupid if to start your business, or stu but th you can have a stupid idea. Uh -huh. So let so you'll never so let's say you want to start a company like Blockbuster was mm -hmm. now. Blockbuster being the videos. Being the, the video. Yeah, right. That would never work. Right. That is called stupid. But what isn't stupid is innovating and making a new brand that people will like. So let's say, so what wouldn't be stupid is, so let's say I made a company mm -hmm. and it had, and I made shirts and I made clothing and I stuck a logo on it. Mm -hmm. That isn't stupid because what I've realized as well is a lot of people will pay, so let's say there's a white shirt and there's a white shirt with Gucci on it. They're the exact same material. The, the white shirt without Gucci on it is 100 Rand and the white shirt with Gucci on it is a thousand rand. If you, I, a lot of people who are in the situation where they can afford it will take the Gucci. Mm. And so what I've realized is a lot of people will pay extra just for a label. For a brand, for, for a, a label. Brand, for yeah. a label. So are you going to become a businessman, an investor, an entrepreneur? So What's your intention? I want to become an entrepreneur Personally, I don't want to start my own company. Uh -huh. I want to buy into already flourishing companies. I want to buy, for example, I want passive income. I want to buy rental property. I want to buy McDonald's. I want to buy um, arcade. I want to buy vending machines. Okay. And, and, and what does passive income mean? 
passive income means anything that brings you money, that you, that br gains you money, revenue, mm -hmm. that you work less than 30 to no, to no time on, minimal time. Minimal time. Okay, so when you finish school, which looks like going to be next year, um, are you, do you want to go to university? That's the hurdle I haven't really thought about. You know, over the last few years, what I've wanted to be has changed drastically. Like two years ago, I would, three years ago, I would tell you I wanted to be a lawyer. Two years, a uh, year ago, I would tell you I wanted to be a doctor. So, and right now I tell you I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very difficult for me to determine what I want to do now. At the current time, I'd, I would prefer to not go to university and rather grow rental properties, grow, etc. Um, businesses, buy into businesses and buy into passive income. But in the, ne in the coming years, I don't know what, how my mindset will be, so I will see. So let's go to, to uh, your future. When you, uh, are you, st you spoke about reaching out to your mom's broker and learning about the market from an expert. Yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think about the fact that you will continuously learn? Do you think that you will keep learning no matter what age, or do you think there is a point in time in your future that you're gonna know enough? In my opinion, there's never a point in your life where you stop learning, because especially if you compare ten years ago to now. Yeah. Maybe as it, ten years ago, you knew everything about then. But now, 10 years later, there's so many different things. The uh, humanity keeps evolving, and this thing that you keep needing to learn, a new thing that keeps coming. You will never be able to learn everything. And that's something I think a lot of people forget. So, so you, do you think, you know, you're at school now, right? Do you think that, you know, in the future, kids are going to learn the same way you're learning, coming no. to school every day you know, with a break and kicking a ball or they're going to learn in a different way? I feel like in the future it will be a more digital school. So in my opinion, the school system is, is starting to age and not aging well. Mm -hmm. The school system is based on a 1900 industrial based world. It's, nowadays there's a lot more room for innovation and to just grow like as a person. I just want you know, it, it looks like you're well read. What, 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 do, you, what do you read? What, what are you interested in? So I'm very interested in history mm -hmm. and so especially World War II Napoleonic eras and the Cold War. And why? Why that? Well, especially... How does it help you? Especially the Napoleonic eras. I love looking into the battle strategies and the strategic of it all. Okay. Daniel, I, I, I can tell you that I think uh, you are definitely, I think uh, Elon Musk is going to look up to you <laughs> and uh, um, he will deeply respect you. I think uh, you are a big hope for our future. I think that you are going to be an incredible entrepreneur. I think for a 10-year-old, I think for most 30-year-olds <laughs> don't think an, uh, about the world like you do. And uh, I wish you the best of luck and... Um, and hope that you change the world for, for the better. Yeah. Well, based on this interview, I'll share some pointers with you a bit later in the show. But now it's time to catch up with Nampla Sabah about the world of ESG and why 
there's a possibility that SMEs who follow ESG principles may get funding more easily than those who don't. We are talking ESG with Namla Sabah. This is the last uh, insert on the subject. We've so far had a te- uh, 10 inserts. This is our 11th insert. So this is mm-hmm. it, Namla. We've been together for 11 weeks now. This is wow. our last week together. Nice. And uh, today I want to talk about coming back to, to small businesses. Mm. I want to talk about um, how we can get funding easier yeah. using ESG because it's all about you know how we mm. can leverage this for ourselves. No, definitely. Um, I definitely think that um, the funding space is going to start opening up for sustainable business models. And it's already opening up because uh, sustainability-focused funds have grown (coughs) significantly in the last couple of years. And institutional investors are very focused on ensuring that they're funding those businesses and they're very focused on making sure that there isn't greenwashing associated with that. So the first one is around, as I said earlier on, around um, the financial institutions and having signed up to UNPRB and having to having to potentially start accounting for their books and the carbon footprint of their books. And so and a small business or small and medium-sized business that's already looking into this is already positioning themselves uh, well um, for obtaining that funding or actually potentially obtaining funding at a lower interest rate because of the fact that they've already got a lower carbon footprint. That's one. And also institutional investors, private equities, your, your funds, are already starting to look at non-financial factors and financial factors equally. I was at a conference, I think it was last year or the year before that, where impact investors were actually saying that two years ago or a year ago, they were already um, looking at non-financial factors and weighing them 50-50. And so if you're an organization that's just mainly looking at financial factors and not taking ESG into consideration, you might find yourself losing out in that space. And so the sustainability-focused funding, as well as I said, is already rampant and and growing. And so those will open up as well for small and medium-sized businesses. So it's definitely ESG is definitely a way of positioning yourself well for obtaining that financing, but most importantly, also potentially getting lower interest rates um, if you're obtaining debt. Namla, thanks uh, for the last 11 weeks. Um, Thank you've, you. I think you brought huge clarity to a very complex subject and so a subject that's very important not only to us as small businesses, but us as humans and, mm. and, and the future of humankind. So. Thank you. Thanks for the clarity. Thanks for the simplicity. Thanks for the examples. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Alon. Well, that was Dampla Sabah, MD of Integrated Thinking, a company that specializes in ESG. And we'll be right back straight after this.